Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Look at that light on your face, Dave. Like that angelic this glow light monitor. light on my face? Yeah, yeah. yeah you got a, the glow of a monitor in your... Oh, on it's because your... I just opened a window. Yeah. <laughs> I see Watch. that. Watch. Now I'll... See? It's gone? <laughs> yeah. Now it's back. Now, now it's back. I, I will... That. <laughs> definitely know when you're not paying attention to me now because i'll see mm-hmm. the light change they're because, my notes it's my yeah. notes yeah yeah you'll yeah. be able to see that angelic twinkle in his eye <laughs> hi, or everybody. the glint of boredom <laughs> hello everyone <laughs> hi there my name is david bell my name is tom ryman and i'm adam ganzer and we just watched anatomy of a fall we did which is down right it's down the anatomy yes. of a fall is down generally yeah Usually. We solved it. I need you to be precise. Tell me everything. Yes. I don't know what happened. I think it fell off that third floor. The window's open. The autopsy report is inconclusive. An accidental fall is going to be hard for us to defend. That's why there's an investigation for a more suspicious death. Because you were the only person there. And of course, you're his wife. Stop. I did not kill him. It's one thing we can all agree on is which direction his body fell, and that's down. Yeah, nobody disputed that in court. Big plot hole, I no. think. They did dispute how high he <laughs> fell, though. They were, <laughs> That's true. Everything, they couldn't agree on anything else, but they, did, they all could agree that he fell down. Nobody bothered to point out how stupid that window was, too. That, that was the stupidest window he fell out of. Like, yeah, just like triangular, get out of here. I mean, her, her, her lawyer straight up tells her at the first meeting, I don't believe he fell out of that window. Like, I don't right, believe how he fell, yeah. Look he at didn't, it. He didn't fall out of that window. <laughs> Maybe hold he on, jumps. Hold on. But <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit. Adam, thank you so much for being a guest. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, obviously, those of you who are longtime listeners will recognize my voice from being on this from time to time. Uh, Dave and I have never done any podcasts together on this network. Not so a don't single look, one. This don't is look the first for one. Don't look for him. First time. Yeah. Uh, I do stuff on the Small Beans Network. Uh, many of you who are video game fans may enjoy the podcast One Upsmanship, which has returned to the Small Beans Network. Um, also, this year, keep your eyes peeled for a documentary that we believe will come out called Sanibel. Um, it's a feature, and uh, I have produced it, and I think it will be out, and when I know for sure, I'll tell you where. Awesome. Like Santa? Like Ho 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 and then like, Bell? No, like, like the my last name? 
Like Sanibel the Place. Thank you, Tom, for not having a ridiculous question. Uh, <laughs> I'm just making sure people know where to find it. Or you're muddying the waters, which is a classic Dave tactic. I'm just saying, if I heard a sleigh bell, I'd go, ooh, Sanibel. Um, Thank you, Dave. That's just something I do. What a thought Listen. to have in January. Thank you for saying that, Dave. <laughs> Thank you for being on. My pleasure. It is a ridiculous window. Yeah, Let's it really start is. There. Stupidest so window dumb. ever built. Yeah. So he dumb. Did, he, honestly, he deserved to fall out that window. If he did fall, he deserved it. It's triangular. Yes. The window, like the window, like opens like a hinge. It it's opens like, in, and it's like three and yeah. a half feet long. It's a huge window. <laughs> it's like it's like right, it, that property could only be Airbnb'd. It's too stupid to live in. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yeah. like that's all you can do is rent it out to somebody else. Well, yeah, it's it's the kind of window that should have just been like open a crack or something. Um, right. Maybe that's what I don't know. Uh, for people listening, if you haven't seen Anatomy of the Fall, it's on streaming now. It was in theaters. It is um, it is not going to get make it to the Oscars. I realize France did not submit this film for oh. Best International. It is rumored that the I believe director when she gave her acceptance speech, when it won all the other awards, um she criticized france's government so it is speculated that it is a revenge deal (laughs) where like (laughs) wow yeah i know which is fucked up because i think i we we me and tom did the we just watched best and this was number two for me for best movies of the year what did you guys think of because i've already talked about this on a podcast but what did you guys think of this movie Briefly, is there no chance that it gets submitted as an English language film? I mean, there is a lot of English in it. I think it should, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm not Dr. I'm not Dr. Oscar, you know? You're not Dr. Movies. Yeah, that's that's Abe. Yeah. That's Abe's job. That's Abe. He will tell us. You gotta ask Abe. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I loved this. This was one of my, easily my, in my top five of the year, I thought. Oh yeah, same, same. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I am got a chance to see it because it definitely would have made my top 10. It probably would have been in my top five for sure. It's very, very good. Yeah. It's very good, right? Um, it's, uh, it's, and I've been talking about it for a while. Now you guys know why, or at least Tom, you know why. The dog acting. My God, that what a dog. dog. plays the best dead I've ever seen a yeah. dog play dead. And Like and it was like, I, I yeah. thought it was a computer generated dog. I like I, I couldn't believe yes. when I found out a dog did that. Unreal. I I went through stages where I watched it. I was like, is that CGI? And then I was like, that can't be. It can't be CGI. That's too. Is that a dummy? And it's like, no, it's moving. And then I was like, what the fuck did they do to that dog? And I Googled it. Like, did they fuck it? Did I just watch like a dog snuff film? And no, they trained a dog. For people who haven't watched it, you should watch it because we're already spoiling the shit out of it. They actually trained a dog to act like it had been poisoned and to have its tongue hanging out of its mouth and to have a, like a thousand yard stare. Like, yeah. I don't know how they did that. That was incredible dog I mean, acting. I mean, playing dead is one of the standard dog tricks. It's just this dog has right. it. nailed it, man. This this dog is nailed playing it. so hard, man, yeah. uh, compared to... Uh, I've never seen a dog that I believed was dead like this one. Yeah. And it, throughout the film, it, it's hitting marks after mark. It's doing a lot of work in general, that dog. Yeah. Solid too dog. Bad, <laughs> too bad there's no dog acting awards at the Oscars. This is a, this there, is where we got need the palm that, dog. You know? It literally got the palm dog. Um, that is an award it got. So it got the one dog award that that's out there. If that makes you. I guys mean, feel yeah, I can't dog. imagine what would have taken it from it. 
like you know that taking the award from it. Not this. I year. didn't see Not this what, every movie. What yeah. dark horse would have come in? <laughs> There's um in in um which the main actress. What's her fucking name? Um, I wrote it down. Um, the German is the it, German actress. Yeah, yeah. It's Sandra um, Hewler. Sandra Fuller, right? She's in. She's Hewler. yeah. She also is in um, Hewler. Sorry, she's she's yeah. in um, uh, fucking the Nazi movie um, Zone of Interest. That also mm. has a dog in it, and that it's a real good Nazi dog. Like you look at the dog, and you're like, that's a Nazi dog right there. Yeah. So maybe I don't trust that, that dog. dog. <laughs> yeah, that but, dog has flawed man. political views. You can see that right away. <laughs> it's. It's a, it's wonderful. Like I don't think there was a bad performance in this movie, from the kid to the dog to, of course, um, Hewler. Like everybody's fucking killing it in this movie. Uh, yeah. Apparently, I, I read I that the kid. Oh what? Oh, forgive me. I was thrilled that it was a courtroom drama. It's been For, years yeah. and years since I've seen a great courtroom drama. Like when was the last time I watched one of those? Right. That's like a dead genre. Yeah, for the most it part, is. it doesn't it doesn't play out like one, but it is totally structured like one. We don't see anything about the people or their lives before the day of the crime or the incident. Um, we learn about it all in not even in flashback, really, in details that that come out in court. And sometimes there's flashback, but very often the flashback is deceptive because it's or rather subjective because it's just a character imagining those events. But we don't know if it's true. It's just them imagining yeah. the testimony and taking it at face value. Um, and it's all, it's filmed like handheld, like real voyeuristically. So it's all mm-hmm. done with all the beats of a courtroom drama, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it almost kind of like tricks you. I don't, I want to say tricks you, but it doesn't really it's feel like one. It's not about that. Yeah, yeah. It's not really about it, that. It, it, it's focused mainly on the impact it's going to have on the child more yeah. than whether she murdered her husband or not. Yeah. Yes. It almost doesn't matter. The question of whether or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I actually, I do have an opinion on that, but mm. I don't think they care. I know they told the main actress n- neither. They they didn't t- they didn't tell her anything. They told her act as if you're innocent, but we're not going to tell you if you actually did it. And I think it's because wow. watching this movie, I've seen this movie twice. Watching it a second time, I I've gotten more of a handle of what what it's about, and it's not it's not unclear, but it's a courtroom drama. But it's almost a commentary on. The justice the system justice and system. how, yeah, yeah, like the how beginning, the beginning credits, and exploitative it is, right? And how like you can like the 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 title Anatomy of a Fall is also means a downfall in a relationship, right? It's it's we're dissecting this tragic relationship and mm-hmm. about how when you put it's kind of the John Mulaney joke about how jokes are less funny when read back to you in a courtroom. It's about that idea of like. The moment you dissect something this much, it like it's hard to really get the truth out of it. Like the beginning credits is pictures, right? Like pictures of them. Moments happy. in time, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you hear the kid playing piano and he's playing the same thing over and over and kind of progressively getting better at it. And it's sort of about like because that's sort of the whole thing is she has to like get her story straight, right? Right away she's like, I think he fell. And the lawyer is like, I don't think anybody's going to believe that we have to say it was a suicide. (laughs) Well, that's what's interesting is I think if I had to guess, I think he did fall. That's my actual thought on this. You think so? Is that you think he accidentally fell? 
I think it doesn't matter, like you guys said, but I think the point is that she thinks he fell. They have to make her have an... She has to... They have to coach her to be innocent. And in that version where he's he killed himself, it feels like very dirty, you know? Like she has to... Yeah. Because she says, I think he fell. And he's like, they're not going to believe that. So she has to convince herself of this other thing. And she and it like it's about it almost feels like her process of finding her innocence. She feels she it, it feels like it gets dirtier and the truth becomes harder to find because I it becomes just, more complicated so for sure. It becomes more complicated. The only so there's only one bit of like objective evidence and that is watching it a second time. You see when the boy leaves the house, you know how that's up for question. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you guys remember because there was the boy art, they, says there that, was a question of when what what were they saying what were their tones of voice when he left right yeah. right and, and he, he didn't... says he go ahead oh go on oh okay he he first said he heard them while he was outside he walked outside and he heard them talking right mm-hmm. yeah and then he changes his story because they they would have had to been yelling at each other and he was like they weren't fighting so he says no I heard them when I was inside before I walked out. I can say objectively, what rewatching that scene, when he walks outside, she is already on the balcony, meaning that she is not inside. She is not talking to him oh, when he walks out. Yeah. Yeah. So that, to me, implies that his second story is right, and they weren't fighting. And you know, yeah, you know they're not the fighting. Idea. Yeah. yeah. They're, not, they're not fighting when he leaves. It's like the first hint you get of what outside of her first conversation with her lawyer where he points out look it doesn't really matter whether or not you killed your husband it matters what we can prove yeah and it's so the first bit uh we get of the justice system after that is them seizing on this idea that he must have left the house because he heard them arguing because he tells them well i would some you know when when my parents would fight they ask what would you do when they would fight well i would usually go outside and you went outside on this day right yeah well, did you go outside because they were fighting? No, I just wanted to take the dog out. And we already saw that that's exactly what happened, that they weren't fighting when he left the house. But they seize right. on this idea that that he must have left the house because they were fighting, regardless of what he's telling us. And it becomes like kind of the hinge of what their case hinges on. Like from that point outward, like all of their evidence is really, really flimsy. Honestly. I mean, sadly... The window itself is also, I think, the biggest piece of evidence. Yeah, it's impossible because that it's he impossible fell. for him to fall. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's right. a, that's a problem. Also, the movie decides to start at the point where she's being interviewed by that student. journalist. Yeah, and yeah. she's very clearly hitting on that student. Like, I the, she is. the energy is really clear there that she's hitting on that student. So, what's interesting? She. Oh, sorry. oh no, no, it's okay. So, all I was going to say is. The movie is determined to introduce the idea of her infidelity as a major motive, like right up right. top, you know, because you feel yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, she, that actress is doing so fucking good, because yeah. I also picked up on when the music starts looping, you actually, she doesn't seem that annoyed. She seems used to it, which which is, a, again, a matter of interpretation, but like there's like a tinge of annoyance, but she's so subtle in her performance that it's yeah. like, yeah, I guess it could go either way. And it's kind of what you read off of her. Um, and I think that's the whole point, right? Is like, it's yeah. the same with her relationship with her kid where it's like, she's not that loving to the kid, but she clearly, 
I was talking to Hannah about this, about like the ending shot of her with the dog. And it almost symbolizes like that love that she doesn't show that much, but she clearly loves this kid and loves the dog that takes care of. Yeah. She's she's not a warm, she's not a warm person. That's just not who she is. And like, that's okay. Like that's not a, that's not a crime. It reminded me a little bit of gone girl in that way. Yeah. 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 She's not a sympathetic person instantaneously. Uh, because she's, she's kind of res- yeah, exactly. reserved, and it's the yeah. the fact that she's worried about what she wants to tell her child creates a kind of ambiguity about whether she's guilty or not. That's the genius of the film, and maybe why they couldn't, t- why the director didn't tell her what she did, because the ambiguity right. of her wanting pr- to protect her child makes her seem guilty in a way that deciding she was guilty never could. You know, and that's interesting. Right. Yeah, they give you a taste of both things. And that I guess the uh, I think the the main point of the movie I feel like is the part where she's talking to the therapist. Yeah. Um on the stand and basically says like you only saw a sliver of this very big and complex relationship. You know, like it's chaos. You can't like and that I feel like that's everything, right? Is like that fight, the fuck the fucking fight scene is my my god. Um and it's the way awesome. they do it. It's so it's so when they good. choose yeah, to cut so, to the Yeah. Yeah, and what what we don't end up seeing is we don't end up seeing the what is the clear sounds of violence, but like up to that point it's very interesting. I'm curious how you guys interpreted the fight because the prosecutor interprets it one way as like the husband like pleading and 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 making a stand and and trying to correct an injustice in their marriage i'm paraphrasing but that's kind of what the prosecutor said he's a real prick yeah. <laughs> oh yeah but oh like, yeah he's a real sassy fight, prick. Yeah. The, i love him. the fight that i saw was a guy like it was he was just being impossible right everything she said he was turning into you are you uh, like it was it seemed to me he was clearly like like the fight solidified in my it made me believe the suicide story the most was the fight because he was being so victimized like self-victimizing in that fight where he was just pointing out everything that she's done to him and how she's ruined his life but as we've seen through the testimony and through like the facts of the case it's like all things he's done like he moved them out into the right. country to try to focus on his writing, but it didn't work. He was going to fix up this house. It's in his hometown in France, but that didn't work. So he had to go back to work. And now he doesn't have the time to do the stuff that he wants. And he still feels guilty about the kid. And I don't know. I'm just curious how you guys interpreted the fight because the movie just sort of sticks with the prosecutor's interpretation and never really vocalizes think- anything, anything else. I think there's a lot of visual cues to make you be like, yeah, fuck that guy. Like the house is, you notice the house is never finished. Yeah. And it's, it's not just like, you know, like the, the, the stairs aren't finished. The walls aren't finished. And it's clear that he keeps moving on to a new project, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can sort of get, you get a lot of him out in it. And like, I, I do think the movie ultimately like leans in a way where it's like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> like they both seem like they have some shitty things about them. They both don't seem... Like that, that com- you know, like it's clear that they're both, they're flawed. You know, yeah. they both hurt each other. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. There, there are no perfect victims. I like. I think he very clearly comes off as being entirely poisoned by resentment. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like resentment's just has ruined him. He can't get through that. Yeah, she has. Right. She comes off as being like sort of cool, 
cool, like level-headed and not wanting to engage very earnestly with him in part because uh, that she has more power than him and that's a thing that he feels, you know, like she, she's successful. She's the one with who makes the real decisions in some ways, Uh, even though she's accommodating, like, so she never really, she doesn't see him as an equal and that comes through a little bit. Um, but that's also yeah, his doing. Cold. Yeah, that's also yeah. his doing. You see the flaws, and you see, I think, in a sympathetic way, why they happened. Yeah, you see um, why it happened exactly. Yeah, he. Uh, I never felt like she actually murdered him because no. she never felt like she was lying. She felt like she was yeah. hiding. You know, minimizing. Um, she yeah. mini- yeah. she minimizes her affairs. That's a, yeah. which is an interesting sticking point. Um. And I mean, she minimizes she, also, yeah. she minimizes the slap. Like she admits to slapping him in that argument. We don't actually see it. Uh, they ask her to describe the audio because they only have the audio. Um, and she says she just walked over and slapped him that one time. But you kind of get the sense like maybe that's not true. I don't know. You know, it's because it's yeah, like. Yeah, he sort of says like, oh, uh, apparently you were perfect except for this just one. Just this one time. Yeah, you know? yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's not like th- th- this invites a lot of cliches in, but like. It seems pretty clear that they have a ritual of her trying to calm him down, him working himself up into a frenzy, and her either giving in to that and it getting a little violent maybe, or walking away and then maybe indulging her pain in some kind of outside relationship, right? Like, that's their dynamic. Right. That seems pretty clear. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's the whole point of it, right, is to show us... How little, like, how we we can we can guess, you know? Right. But it's like every relationship is this. Like everybody has friends who are in a relationship, and you only see a piece of that relationship at right. all times. And so it's sort of about like, what does innocence look like? Like they do they do scenes where she's like getting drunk and laughing during the trial, and it feels like that's on purpose to show like, is this a guilty woman or not? Did, can you tell from these scenes? Not really. Like. Nope. In either case, she'd want to blow off some steam, right? It's it's interesting how just the context changes the audience perception of that too, because there's tons of movie mm-hmm. about tons of movies about grief, yep. right? And this these are right. all beats that like people grief is a roller coaster. You're fine one second and you're not another. And there we have plenty of movies that deal with the the seeming contradiction of that. But when we see that contradiction in the in the context of a murder trial where if the person is innocent, then they are experiencing grief. And maybe they are even if they're guilty. But like, right. we don't, it immediately becomes like this thing that gets dissected and scrutinized that normally we totally look at as something that's completely acceptable and part of the process. Well, the, the real pr- the right. context of it. Yeah. The problem with all court cases is that there's always a line and the line is ultimately what you're deciding on. You know what I mean? Like, murder is a choice she made or she didn't make it, right? Well, like, it, it was an event right. she participated in or not. But she, a human being, even as a non-murderer, understands that she contributed to the circumstances that created that death, yeah. one way or the other. And we all understand that. We don't experience crimes like this as, like, uh, if you're a part of a crime like this, it's not a one-moment thing. It's a progression that, you know, a series of choices that led to that one moment, right? And so she's going to feel guilt and she's going to feel, uh, she's going to act like a, a murderer might act because what we think of as innocence is actually a performance, right? Like in order right. to seem innocent, you're performing yeah, uh, that's true. for the sake of this like social idea that's not real. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, that like that's why I feel like the process it, like it really deludes because you're right with the with the grief too. It's like she doesn't have time to grieve. Like say like in the event that he she didn't kill him, she has to instead of grieving, she has to sit in front of everybody in front of a whole country and talk about how like much he sucked. Like right. instead of grieving him, she has to defend herself against him, and they frame it very much of her versus him yeah um which is again why I, why i think like maybe he did fall <laughs> it would be a real freak accident um but like like maybe it's not one of these two extremes because not you know not everything is that also the um, length of time a murder trial takes is another like underrated piece of this story like she yeah they show like almost how mundane it is yeah and a it, year it's passes. like a year passes and you're like man she's yeah. been sitting with the sword of damocles over her head for like a year with this you know like what's her relationship love, with her yeah. kid like at that point it's got to be massively strained right yeah i love how they do that because i think that was the because she speaks basically the idea is she's german he's french and they're they're in france so their kid seems to mainly speak french French. and so they meet in the middle with english and i think the idea is they do the thing where they're like you have to testify you have to all say these things in french and i think it's like punctuating the fact that it's like her kid has to hear it all in the language that i assume he knows best it's also speaks it it's also how remove it's demonstrating how removed the justice system can be from the truth because she's being yeah. forced to defend herself in two languages that are not her native language. Right. She never yes. speaks German in this film. Right. She never does. Yeah. That really do- does seem unfair as like a, a yeah, an American and- watching it. You're like, that wouldn't, how would yeah. that go down, you know? And they, uh, they really, like, they highlight that the first time the kid testifies, and, like, for the first part of the movie, people really infantilize Daniel. They treat him almost like he's, like he's, has, like, a, a, a learning disability or a developmental disability instead of, right. he severed an optic nerve in a freak accident. He got hit by a motorcycle when he was four, so he's, like, he, but he still, he still has most of his sight, like, he's regained most of his sight. So, it, so it's, like, so you see that alongside, like, her struggling to, like, make herself be understood and and explain what happened. So she's already having to talk about intensely personal things about her relationship and then doing it in this language. And then they're handling her kid this way and kind of not even treating him like he's a real person, you know, Um, it just really, really drove that point home for me. Yeah. I love when she defends him when she says like, he's okay. Like he's going to be fine. He's the same as any other kid. Um, and you can tell, like, that was a problem with their, like, you know, her husband um, couldn't quite get his head around that, it seems like, and, and treated him the way all these other people are treating him. Yeah, he that, pulls him out of school uh, and is homeschooling him. That dynamic yeah, exactly. resonated very true to me, because I, I have a cousin who had a, who has, I'm not trying to bum this out, but she, she got brain cancer when she was around four mm-hmm. and almost died. And it permanently altered her cognition and watching her parents deal with that. Uh, it, it was interesting to watch one of them try to put make her life normal and the other one not, right. not able to do that. You know, that is a very real thing it, that really oh, hit for sure. me yeah. when I was watching it. Uh, that I think it, I think you do feel compassion for the dad about it, even though you disagree with his choices, you know? Right. Yet, like you said, you understand 
how he made the decisions that he made. Right. But also, at least to me, it seems like he's gotten so poisoned by resentment, as you said, that he's just blaming everybody else at this point. Right. Well, and like, it's hard because he's also not there. Right. We, we never see him. Yeah. The only time, the only thing we see of him is him being a dick, though. <laughs> like him exactly. being an asshole. So with that, again, music. it's like this. I. It's this yes. idea of like, what do we know about these people? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I, I mean, we also. Yeah, like you kind of wonder if there's any unreliability in the images that we do see of him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the movie doesn't. Well, the the recording of the fight. You know, again, I think that's why they very specifically showed just the audio for some of it right. to remind you of like we're watching this. But like, I think there's a meta aspect to a lot of this of like uh, trying to show you how how it can twist how you can kind of twist people's perspective of an event like this. Like, I think it's it's this movie's about the justice system but also like there's literally a part where she's watching tv and the people on the tv say well it's less interesting if he killed him right mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. it's more interesting if she killed him and that's like a meta thing where because you're watching and they, you're like "Ooh, is there going to be some reveal and it's like no that's hmm. the point i enjoyed even, yes oh. it's more interesting if there were one but there isn't no ice pick under the bed you know i enjoyed the many different theatrical avenues that were introduced into how this murder gets digested i mean like it's Mm. easy to sit back and criticize another another country's justice system you know what i mean be like why the fuck do they do that because there's things about the way their court proceedings go that are baffling to me like just the level of snark that's permitted between between councils it's like so they just do a comedy routine in here like this is fucking crazy man Oh yeah, uh, and also I assume it's kind of like courtroom dramas in America. One hundred percent, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's yeah. Well, I don't think they're. I do think they probably are right about the pro- the process of it, though. The process, like yes, there's for sure. the process of being able to interrupt and make counter arguments while an interrogation is going on is a thing that's absolutely not permitted in American justice. Yes, right. Like there's whole motions and stuff that have to be filed to do that. So that this is more like a debate. Yeah, and that was shocking because it gets very personal and about pushing forward a narrative. But like that's like one element of the theatricality of it. The the falls, like showing all the ways he might have fallen, the way that was depicted was also uh like deeply melodramatic. Like making people watch mm-hmm. that is deeply melodramatic oh, yeah. as a as an exercise, you know? Um yeah, yeah like I'm laughing about it cuz they're all so silly really as a way to get to what happened. You know? Yeah, and I feel like the point with that was like t- to make us go, yeah, I guess it could go either way, right? right. Like, uh, right. Th- you, it feels like the, they they very quickly early on just say like the forensic evidence is a is a toss up. Yeah, this, and so then it becomes a just a character like debate. You know, this dad shaped like, sack of potatoes could have fallen any which way. I guess <laughs> let's keep dropping it. Yeah, <laughs> and see what we learn. Uh, yeah, let's burn an afternoon or two on this. It's fun. <laughs> what a job. My God, what a job. Tom, I interrupted you a while ago. I'm sorry. What were you going to oh, say? Oh, I was just talking about the meta aspect. Like, I mean, I mean, but that's, I'm glad we got this because there's a point when they're dropping the bodies. We see them like Sandra, which I think that's her name in the in the film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Sandra. As well? It yeah. is. Um, uh, so she's watching them from a distance with her lawyer as they're, they're dropping this body out of the attic over and over again. And there's people on the ground that are kind of like, you know, just shooting the shit and laughing and stuff as they're mimicking the death of her husband. Um, yeah. It, it just, so that was, you know, like another sort of like indicting of of 
us the way that we consume this sort of media like when these murder trials happen like there's an there's a the office type whip pan in the courtroom like uh when the the judge gets up and has oh there's like a daniel the kid once has some new information or something and she gets up and goes in the back and the camera like whips in a way that like to remind you that we're watching like a handheld news feed almost right Yes, it's like so it becomes a documentary. Yeah. They do that in a, earlier as well, and I think it's to show the kids' conflict where they have, when they are debating his memory, yeah. it whips between the two lawyers, and it's to show that like this whole process. I think the idea is the kid, like by the end, genuinely, it's hard. It's it's hard for him to tell what his memories are. Um, like, do you think the conversation he recounts with his dad in the car? Do you think that was real or not? No. Do you think, because the, the, the whole thing kind of rests on this kid at the end. I mean, who is blind? By the way, Justice is blind. You guys get it? You guys get that? I get it. Mm-hmm. That he, I, get, I, get I get it, Dave. Yeah. Get you guys it. get it? You guys get, get it. how he's blind and it's just... Anyway, he it, it all rests on him at the end, essentially, right? Where it's like, he's going to testify and his... It, you get the vibe that it's like, it's, it's kind of him choosing whether or not to believe his mom or not Correct. Well, the, to change the, uh, his account. The court official says as much like Marge, the person that they have installed yeah. at the house, like, cause he, he's in tears. Cause he, he has this weekend where he poisons the dog, his dog basically because he wants to see if his, if his mom is lying about the suicide attempt. And he says he's trying to see whether or not this memory he has of, of Snoop smelling like vomit, back around the time his mom said the suicide attempt allegedly happened and being sick and they had to take him to a vet. So he wanted to test and see if it was indeed aspirin could have done this to the dog. And of course the dog dog got fucked up on aspirin, but they save him. Um, So the dog's fine. I wanted to make that clear for anyone who was nervous about that. Like my God. It's a, Oh yeah. It's a terrifying scene where you are like, I don't want to watch this dog die. Yeah, And then, and then I love all the scenes after where the dog's kind of walking and the dog looks like he's kind of like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And that it's, dog it's the, it's the same way shit. the dog looks with Sandra at the end, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so you're is. like, did she poison him? Is that why he was sick earlier? Anyway, uh, yeah. it's... Uh, shit, I lost my train of thought. Oh, right. Which, the when kid, Marge, yeah. the kid's crying and he basically just asks her, look, do you what do you think do you think my mom could have done this and she's like i really can't say that <laughs> like i really I'll can't get tell super you fired yeah it's a yeah, yeah. My, that's an, it, my job is to not the say case would be thrown answer. out <laughs> like this would yeah. be a mistrial if I say but what she tells him is you base sometimes you can't know what the truth is and you have to decide what you believe and be content with that yeah. Like she tells him as much. And that's like where that, that's how the movie ends. This is basically there's enough reasonable doubt for either explanation that you're like, I don't really 100% know, but you have to decide. So I, it's you have to make peace with it, basically making peace with the fact yeah. that you're not going to know and like just deciding, well, this is the reality that I'm going to believe because it's the best option I have. That's a you know, that's a message that could be in a lot of movies, and w- we would all benefit from it, because you know there's a lot of things like that, and I liked that about this case, especially because as consumers of like true crime, and I feel like nobody's immune from consuming true crime no, anymore. Hell no, hell no. You yeah. know, no. Uh, like you know, all we're doing is dividing, uh, dividing stories into did or didn't do it, 
right? Like, like right. just engaging in the binary thing. And they all have a human being in them. And I'm not saying some of them aren't extremely clear versus, you know, but like there are, there's a lot of occasions in life where you decide which set of data you in- include and which ones you don't. And you're like, this is what I'm going to go with. Right. I, I think this is a cool yes. place to do that personally. As, yeah. Especially from a spectating point of view, like watching a trial, you often just decide what you think before you hear all the information. Absolutely. It's like teams, like you're rooting. For like, it. And you felt that um, and we all do you it. felt that with the court officials profoundly, I would yeah. say like they all oh, yeah. felt very partisan one way or the other. Right. Uh, and that was really upsetting, you know, cause like, you're not even going to pretend not to be impartial. Oh yeah, they made. I mean, they made the defense attorney like this beautiful blue-eyed man who, um, who you know, is uh, is a delight. And then they made this little goblin prosecutor. Yeah, he's such a prick. Um, he's so snarky. He's such a prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's also, so, so aggressive. Like the judge they're wasn't very nice purpose, either. You know, the judge was but, yeah. pretty like pretty like. Yeah, judge I don't really yeah. buy that. You know, little like, draconian. Yeah, yeah, not, but not not total. Still mostly impartial, but she was a little draconian. Well, I got to sure. tell you, right. having served on a jury once or twice, it struck a chord too, right? Because you think of judges mm-hmm. as being this, like, I'll allow it, you know, like very official like type. But no, you'll see pretty clearly what they think if they're not doing their job. You know what I mean? Like, right. like judges are not, uh, you know, stone-faced uh, no, they're they're not oh, yeah. they're not magicians. They're people at work. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they clocked in for this job and this maybe, morning. And they might also be fucking tired of it by the time we get by the time we join them in the movie, right? Like how many uh, it's been a right. year of horse shit before they get to the trial, right? It's a lot of stuff to deal right. with. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a really good look at Yeah, cuz it's definitely it's all of these things, right? It's yeah. it's fairly complex because it's about ultimately what this kid decides based off watching this extremely ugly and like trial that doesn't feel like it ever really gets to the truth of the matter. No, and it's um, weird. It's weirdly personal on behalf of the state. Yeah. Like the prosecution yeah. is weirdly personal. Yes, it's it yeah, they're says, going through yeah. books. They're like yeah, they're they're, ta- they're reading like passages from her, her book. Her, that yeah. that like that that was reminded me of the staircase. Like, yes, they start doing that in the staircase. It kind of pissed me off too. It's like, all right, come on. Like this felt like her like lawyer it was even says is Stephen King a serial killer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering if that is their way of saying this is what happens when the case gets highly publicized. Like if that's yeah. like right because like, like it didn't feel mundane enough to be. A murder trial without a lot of news behind it, right? Right. Like you guys saw May, De- yeah, May she's December. Yeah, like a famous author. Did you guys see May December? I have not. Okay. Mm. Well, no. May December is another interesting way of talking about this because it's a movie about revisiting a very public trial. You know, after t- like twenty years after the events happened, but I won't spoil it because uh, you know you should watch it. But like, basically, the only reason these stories get interesting is because the media grabs a hold of it and then it becomes this ferocious thing and everyone involved is put through a crucible and that definitely feels like right. where we are by the time we join them a year later right yes the hype around yeah, it every yeah again she feels everybody like she seems numb to it you know it's it's clear that they've been through an awful fucking year like of just speculation. There is completely a film that is the film about a year after this trial. 
There's there is yes. completely like just watching the mother and son try to repiece their life together a year later. Like not one that I necessarily right. want to watch. Because pe- but you could see it. People aren't going to let it go. You know, no. because the way you you realize that's I think that's part of it is you you can you can tell how this is going to look to people. Yeah. How she seems a little cold. It's like they said. It's more interesting if she killed him. So people are going to want to think and believe like that she killed him, and people are going to be like upset that she didn't you know yeah, that she the, wasn't found guilty even though you look at the trial and you're like yeah there's fucking nothing that they have on her not really no their their reenactment of the of their version of the fall is particularly ridiculous yeah like the their the yeah. expert that they have about him jumping like having it's like way way more credible <laughs> like, yes it's yeah but anyway it's the psycho the psychologist was bafflingly self-assured like his therapist yeah. i loved that like he yeah. was such a fucking asshole and like didn't even have the the kindness for the child to be like listen you know i saw this is what he came in and said this is what i believe about it you know but you understand i have limitations i see him once a week or what you know what i mean like just the basic humility get- of being a doctor didn't have it right yeah. you, you get the impression that several of the witnesses or experts have already made up their mind. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and they're sort of just presenting it that they're way. They're like prejudicing the is, facts in order to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. He was the worst one though. Which is, I thought like he was in excuse, like he was, he was aggressive and like unprofessional. That. Yeah. 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 He had like none of the professional idea ideals of a, of you would hope that a therapist would have the, the chief investigator was pretty bad too. Yeah, like when, they, when they play when they play the the audio of the argument which happened the day before his death, and then he's like, "It's a basically a dress rehearsal for the argument that took place the following day that preceded the murder." Except they have no idea; they can't prove that they had an argument. There's no evidence that there is right. an argument, and they're just like talking about it. Like, well, this they're talking about the argument they have recorded as if it's a recording of the argument they had right before he died, and they all yes. just accept and- that language. It's wild. <laughs> Right, and the defense attorney basically just says exactly that. Yeah, yeah. which makes this it makes this movie basically also a courtroom drama, yeah. like we're saying. Like it has those courtroom drama where you're watching it like it's a fun game where you're like, ah, fuck that yeah, we, person. We still get, we still get the John the right Grisham things. moments. Yeah, we still get the John Grisham yeah. moments. Well, what's interesting that's is that's what I love. It has everything. I mean, what's interesting about these kinds of stories always is that you end up dehumanizing somebody mm-hmm. to 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 make the other person's case more viable. Like, that's just kind of part of what it is. It's just weird to me to see the people in the trial doing that. You know what I mean? It's like, like, even if you watch something like A Few Good Men, which is so schmaltzy, wonderful and schmaltzy, right? Like, like everybody in it is following a procedure in a way that reduces their ability to belittle other people, you know, except for. Except for Colonel Jessup, right? Because he's an asshole. Yes. But everybody else is like, you know, following this like procedure and trying not to let their face show how much of an asshole they think the other person is because that's being polite. You know, the, yeah, none of that's here also, in this movie. Just none of it. Right. It's wild. Also, and I, I, I think this is true. Almost every courtroom drama I can think of is almost always from the perspective of the lawyers. Right. Meaning that the person whose life is at stake is like a fucking secondary thing. Yeah. It's like they're, they're just a prop in this thing. And you get, you get the feeling by doing that, by making that point of view of the lawyer, 
it's almost like all right and off to another adventure you know like it doesn't matter if they win or lose um it's it's like it could be a tv show uh from that perspective doing it from the perspective of the person who's actually fucking whose life is on the line just that one little change i think is so much more important um when was the last time for this compared to other like the part at the end i love the part at the end by the way where she's having dinner and she says like I was kind of expecting something like when you lose, you lose when you win, you know, like I was kind of feeling like I get something. Right. <laughs> and it's like, no, the lawyer says like, sometimes we expect too much. And that's that. Cause I get that feeling where she's like, I've just spent a year being fucking dragged through the mud, like putting into debt for bail and all this shit. Like, where's my new car or something? You know, like what the fuck? Yeah, like how there is no like, going on. Moment. I'm, yeah, I'm climbing out of a hole, but right. I still have, I'm still living in a right. crater. When was the last time you watched exactly. To Kill a Mockingbird? Is has it been a oh, while since been you watched a, that movie? It's been a minute. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's Probably another like twenty years. That's another fun data point on this courtroom drama spectrum, because To Kill a Mockingbird, also from the point of view of a lawyer, is a movie where they still believe in the justice system. You know what I mean? Like, like even though it's criticizing right. it, it still believes fundamentally that the justice system is works. Like, it's, it works. This movie is not as far gone as I'd say A Few Good Men, where it's all gamesmanship, right? It feels like right. it feels like the movie still believes in the process of justice to some degree. Mm-hmm. It's less naive than Sorkin. Yeah. Sorkin's very yes. naive. Yes, he's idealistic, yeah. or he's entirely cynical. He's very binary about it. I would yes. argue. You know. Yeah, I mean, she she doesn't go to jail at the end of this. You know, like, they, they say ultimately, like, yeah, there's not enough evidence. Like, um, it's not completely cynical in the process, but it is it is realistic, I think, about what this does to a person, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Which rarely matters in these stories because it's all the theater of the courtroom. Yeah. Right. It's it's the fun of a courtroom drama. And this is like, can't we have both? Right. And it's like, yeah, you can. Right. Like, I don't want to know what happens to those two Marines who get discharged at the end of A Few Good Men. Like, what is their military? Right. Cr- you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be invested in that. I want to see, yeah. you know, Tom Cruise and so on. They have the one They have the one scene where the guy is like, we did do something wrong. <laughs> and, that, and then they yeah, walk away. And it's very Sorkin. Yeah. It's very Sorkin. We should feel bad. Yeah, exactly. Is it Kiefer? Is it Kiefer Sutherland? No, it's uh, it's one of the two the, accused. Uh, no, isn't it? Yeah, Kiefer's like the cop. He's like the military police or something. Yeah, it's the two accused. One of them goes like, "I don't understand. We've been discharged. We didn't do anything wrong." And the other one's like, "We did. Yeah, do we, something did. Wrong. <laughs> we did. Do yeah, we did. We should have." <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think you did smother the man, right? It was the order you were ordered to. Spoilers for a few good men, but um, we were supposed to look yeah, out. You, you super- we were supposed to look out for yeah, Ricky. That's, yeah. Yes, that's that's almost an exact quote, <laughs> yeah, I believe. Yeah. God, I love that movie. It's, it's a great so movie. We should watch a few good men. I'll but, be uh, right. I will yeah. be on this podcast for that. Sign me up for that. <laughs> I'm way in on that. All right, good. Did, did anybody? Uh, I was kind of wanting to see if if you guys had any more thoughts about the movie. Wrapping up, wrapping it up. I yeah. want to just yeah, say any, any any final thoughts about it. If people haven't watched this, I do have to give like a huge trigger warning for that dog scene. That's how Ooh, good the yeah. dog acting is. I I watched when I was a kid, my dog get put down and it gave me flashbacks. Like it was like, yep, that's what oh, it looks sure, like. Yeah. So yeah, so like props to that fucking dog who almost steals the entire movie for me. Like 
it, I, I, I'm going to remember this movie, but if this was like a mediocre movie, I would always remember that performance of a dog. Um, but this movie, I don't know. I, it was my second favorite movie of the year. I loved it. Yeah, it's not. It's very understated, despite how melodramatic we're making it sound. Yeah, which is kind of yes. another thing I love about it that it's never like there's. It's not schmaltzy at all. It's very grounded. Uh, it's almost a little mumblecore sometimes, but it's not like every scene serves a purpose. Yeah, but it's very casual, right? Yeah, well, like there's sort of big long takes, and like it's a very it's a very gently made movie in some ways. Uh, without yeah. again go watch a few good men like there's like all kinds of crazy dolly moves and shit in that movie to make you go like ooh, we're really getting into it that's not the vibe here right you know um but there yeah there's some really cool filmmaking justine triette is uh which i hope i didn't butcher her name has made a couple the director yeah she's made a couple interesting films besides this i I thought sybil was kind of interesting i didn't see in bed with victoria but she's somebody to watch i would argue yeah i i have to go watch all her shit after this i was like fuck man yeah it's a it's a gritty courtroom drama in the true sense where it feels grounded. You know what I mean? Yeah, she didn't yeah. feel the need to gussy it up with other stuff as though it needed that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like there's no romance. Like her and the lawyer, you have a moment where you're like, ah, are they going to bone? And they don't. Like it's implied that maybe there's something in the future. I think she makes like it pretty clear. Like I, I interpreted that scene as, she, as her making it clear that there would not be anything in the future. <laughs> It did, Ju- judging the by it's the way the- she she kind of holds his face and keeps him at arm's length and his reaction to that is he kind of turns back to the table and is is resigned and her look the way yeah. she looks at him is like thankful but not i'm gonna bone you not romantic um, she 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 loves him but so not that good. way yeah she's great everybody's great it's so good it's such yeah. an interesting way to make a movie like this and still say so like it's dense with a lot in terms of i guess themes or what it's trying to say uh but it's Mm -hmm. not in in any other way that you would use that word Um, yeah really great it's two and a half hours that it does fly by by. yeah Yeah, compared to some of the other long movies this year it 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 was the the most spry of the longer films including poor (laughs) things which i liked uh, yeah, I that was still a bit still. long comparatively. I thought it's a good. This is a good companion with Zona Interest, just because it's her in both. Um, because <laughs> she plays she plays the Nazi in that, and it's like I get it. You know, I get it. She's got she's got Nazi face. Yeah, she's it, she's she German. does it very well. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. yeah, when you're when you're German going into acting, you're like, all right, there's probably at least one Nazi in my future. Exactly, <laughs> like, I'm um, gonna play at least she, one. She's great in both movies. She doesn't have as much to do in Zone of Interest, obviously, um, because she's not the main character. Um, but, like, she's fucking... I'd never heard of her until this year, and I'm like, who the fuck is this person? She's incredible. Um, yeah. Great film. Yeah, I yeah. got nothing else to say. Excellent film. Yeah. She's been, awesome. she's been around for a while. 1999 was her first work. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, uh, maybe I've seen her in something, but I yeah, terrific. Yeah. Um, Adam, thank you so much. Hey, my pleasure. Hey, man, thanks so much for being on. My pleasure. I love I, you know I Do love you guys. I love joining. Yeah, buddy. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, you want to plug some stuff again? You want to do a little pluggy plug? Uh yeah. Uh, so you know. Swing on by to Small Beans if you'd like to catch any of the many podcasts I do with my boys over there, uh, including One Upsmanship, mm. which is about video games. 
Um, what else? What else do I do? Uh, director piece theater, and uh, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. And uh, multi curse. Yes, Escape from the Multi Curse, which Tom's voice is great on. By the way, Tom, I have a funny. I, I <laughs> yeah. have a funny idea about that. I feel like you should. Sure. I think you should yell the names of the segments and like have a weird like boom sound every time we transition segments. I just think you should do that. <laughs> Just like ma- sure, no, mapping the multiverse, like just something like that. That would be <laughs> every great. time. I, I need to throw that to Abe because that'd be funny. Sure, yeah, no, um, definitely. Let's do it. So that. Uh, oh, also, uh, my girl uh, Maggie Mae Fish uh, and her husband Will and I have put together a new podcast series that will be out in a couple months called Lynchpins. It is a v- it is Ooh. a video podcast series on David Lynch. Um, awesome. We filmed two episodes already, and so hopefully we will have filmed more by the time they come out. So it's probably next month or two you'll see it available. I think she's going to have it on. I think she's going to have it on her Patreon. I don't know exactly where, but Lynchpins, you'll find it, and uh, we worked hard on it, so it's going to be good. Sweet, awesome, man. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll tell everybody about our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. G-A-M-E-F-U-L-O-Y. Unemployed. Uh, we have exclusive podcasts. Tom and Jeff watch Batman. Fox Mulder's a maniac. Star Trek The Next Futurama. Spielboys. We watch movies every Friday night on our Patreon. Uh, on our on our Discord, rather. Um, uh, I would watch this, but I don't know if we actually would watch this. It's, it's a little slow. It's a little adult. This movie but, on uh, your Patreon? Yeah, check all that out. You'll never watch this. I'd watch <laughs> on your. You will I'd not watch, watch it. There's like six yuck yucks on just that. Just the dog scene. <laughs> just the dog scene on a loop uh, no. for two just hours. Analyzing do that. Analyzing how realistic the tongue drop is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah. That limp little we also tongue. have a store. <laughs> Henry <laughs> GameFieldEmployed.com where you find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So check that out. Slap yeah, yeah. your thousand we'll yard a... stare peepers onto that. Yeah, maybe we'll do a, a dog shirt. We should, oh we my should do god. A dog with I will purchase right, right. that. We'll do a dog shirt. We'll do a zone of interest shirt. Yeah. Yes. That sounds good. Yes. We'll do a whole... It'll be a, our sad line. Yeah. Our line yeah. of sad, <laughs> sad stuff. stuff. It's really bummed out about everything. Maybe you'll get you'll get uh, w- w- Michael Madsen's face is getting stabbed in blood rain. Stabbed in blood rain. Just the like oh god. Ah <laughs> oh, damn it! So it's come to this. What a moment! <laughs> what a moment in cinema! My god! Oh, movies are great. <laughs> oh, and they're back. They're back and they're great. Yeah, mm, they really are. <laughs> 